The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, friends. I'm Cameron Rogers, host of Freckles Beauty and Friends podcast, which is now on Dear Media. Are you wondering what just happened to your life after having a baby or struggling with your mental health during postpartum? That was me just a few months ago. Are you working on healing your relationship with yourself, your body, and or food? Same. We are all on a journey to self-love and acceptance, and I am right there with you. That's what Freckled Foodie and Friends is all about, reminding you that no matter what, you are not alone. Make sure to tune in for season five launching with Dear Media on November 9th and subscribe to listen to new episodes every Wednesday morning. Please welcome Erin Holland. Society kind of hasn't evolved with how women have. The reigning Miss World Australia. Dads are all sitting up straight now. (laughs) Do you know what? You are. The queen of many things that is presenting, that is looking hot, that is being Miss World. We are working longer and having a myriad of different careers versus what we used to. It's so tough. I mean, I actually found out I had fertility issues because of the show. So because of SAS, when I did that show, we did medical and physical and psychological examinations. So they wanted to know, obviously, we're a sound body and sound mind and able to cope with the torture. Yeah, the torture. <laughs> Being tear gassed or thrown out of a helicopter. I find you so inspiring. Would you like to be her godmom? Are you serious? Oh, babe. Erin. Hi. Baby, how are you? I'm good. Do you know what? You are. The queen of many things that is presenting, that is looking hot, that is being Miss World, but you are... Trying not to laugh. Trying not to laugh. (laughs) (laughs) The thing that people want to know about that I don't know so much about, because I closed the gap as soon as that started, is long-distance relationships. You are so the pro at it that you've made it into a long-distance marriage. Yeah, nine years, baby. Nine years and counting. So I get these DMs. How do you long-distance? How do you long-distance? Well, when I long-distance, I was like, close the gap because I'm not doing this. To be fair, other side of the world is a little bit more difficult than one and a half hours away on a plane, but... How long have you been in a long-distance? The entire relationship. So we're talking from just been just ticking over nine years, actually. And that is to... My husband, Ben. Yeah. Yeah. So he's a professional cricketer mm-hmm. and he's away a lot. Um, but turns out I'm away a lot too. So equal. Why did you make the decision to not close the gap? The decision wasn't one that was able to be made without severe, I suppose, um, changes on either part. So we're talking, would have to change career, would have to pick up and move everything. Like there were big asks, particularly, you know, you know, when you first start in a relationship, you don't know if it's going to work out. You don't know how much to invest. Mm. Um, and, and for us, it was either I pick up and move my whole life on a whim, change my whole job, change my whole career trajectory for, you know, a guy I literally met on Instagram. We'll get to that. Yeah, it just, it wasn't a decision that I I felt comfortable making. It wasn't one that he could make at all, um, given what he did for his job. And yeah, it kind of as our careers progressed, it became easier in some ways to spend time, but also completely impossible to actually make those decisions. So yeah, we kind of decided, I reckon, very early on, maybe two months in, that this was something that was worth the distance apart and and fighting for, but not something that I think either of us could have lived with had we kind of like, you know, thrown thrown everything out of the out of the pram and just went, right, let's just let's just go all in. I, I didn't think that was a healthy way of progressing the relationship either. So, Women feel a lot of pressure to do the moving though. 
100%. And I was very staunch from the word go. I was like, I'm not moving for you. I'm not moving for anyone. I'm finally getting where I want to be with my career. Either kind of get on board with that or this is not going to work. So was that the right decision looking back? 100%. 100%. I think resentment is the biggest killer in relationships for someone like me anyway, with my personality type. And there's zero resentment there now. And you know, if it's meant to be, which obviously it is for now. <laughs> What's the plus side of that long distance? Plus side is you get a lot of time to focus on yourself. And and, and for me, it's career because we don't have family yet. So for me, um, career was like the biggest thing because my career and my passion are kind of one and the same. And that's always really hard because I reckon there's like career, passion slash hobby, and relationships so like the really big thing. Hi, talking about family. Welcome to the convo, Miss B. Talking about balancing family <laughs> and long distance and everything. Stop screaming. Oh, yeah. sweetheart. Yeah. So, it, you know, when there's three big pillars in, in life for me, when two of them are wrapped up in one, which is for me, my career and, and what my passion is, two outweighs one, which has kind of meant I've always left my relationship on the back burner because if I satisfy two massive parts of what fulfills me, I can kind of live without the other one. Mm. And uh, yeah, unfortunately for for Ben, that's mean that I've never thrown myself 100% wholly into the family aspect yet, but I guess that's something that will be happening in the foreseeable future. So Do you feel pressure for that? 100%. I think. The kids? 100%. I think. Are you scared? Looking at so me right scared. now? Looking oh at God. this? <laughs> I mean, it's crazy what you have Making it work. Yeah, making it work. People are like, how are you going to do the podcast? Bring the baby with you. I actually have someone here helping me, but the reality of kids is they don't always want that someone. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You could align everything, put everything in the right place, but it's not always going to be exactly what you want. Mm -hmm. So what what are you going to do when it's time to have the kids? Is that that a pressure? Oh, I mean, it's always a pressure. And I think, unfortunately, like society kind of hasn't evolved with how Mm-hmm. women have. So no, biology hasn't evolved the way mm-hmm. that women have in society. So even though we are working longer and having a myriad of different careers versus what we used to, you know, hundreds of years ago, and we're therefore procreating later, therefore it's so much harder to build that family unit just biologically. And I find that the most frustrating thing in the world, because if I have my way, where I feel like I'm finally at in my career, I want another five years before I have to start thinking about this. But the reality is, is I'm going to be 35 soon. You know and I already know I have fertility issues. It's mm. like, if I feel like I'm backed into a corner and I have to do it now, and it's not that I don't want to do it. And to be very clear, like I, I've always thought Aaron, future Aaron wants a family. It's just the idea of how you make that fit into current Aaron's situation. I've kind of First, stuck my head in the sand and just worked my head, you know, worked myself to the bone for the last you know, 17 years of as soon as I graduated high school to get to this point. And then you kind of like, oh, heck, like now I have to take a step back, but it's finally getting so good. It's so frustrating. And it gets better and better. Like, this is the best my career has been. And yeah. now I'm having kids. And it's like this moment of everyone wanting you, mm-hmm. job, kids want you. Like, she's attached to me. I'm mm-hmm. doing this. It feels great. And there's going to be this lull later where nobody wants you. I don't mean that in a harsh way, but just yeah. like, they'll be like, mom, mm-hmm. leave me alone. Um, I don't know why they're American, but <laughs> we moved. And it's 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 like all or nothing, it feels like, in, in the sphere of being a woman. I 
I often talk about the fact that anybody can be beautiful. You just have to up your self-care and maximize the features you already have. The place where I usually lack is body care in terms of my skin. So 2024, I am kicking that into the trash. I am going to maximize my beauty postpartum in every way I can. This is where Osea enters. They are a brand who know about body care and skincare. They are clean, vegan, and sustainable. And they put into your body care ingredients the ingredients that are usually reserved for the face. This cream is TikTok famous, the Undaria Algae Body Butter. And it's not a typical body butter. It's got incredible seaweed and ceramide ingredients and helps you transform your dry, crepey skin into smooth, soft, and supple skin. It's a habit worth forming and it's a habit worth having. I am on my skincare game. They've got incredible reviews. They've got the whole of TikTok going crazy about them. So I don't know if you want to try it out with me, if we're both going to get our body skincare game on and strong, then let's do it together. Start the new year fresh with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. And right now we have a special discount just for our listeners. You get 10% off your first site-wide shop with code BEINGHER on OCMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping with orders over $60. Head to Osea, that's O-S-E-A Malibu.com and use BEINGHER for 10% off. What has made you be able to say, do you know what? No, I'm not going to move and I'm not going to have kids yet without that fear of, like to say it harshly, but losing him, I Mm -hmm. guess. A lot of girls, I say that because that's what I see in my DMs, you know, they have to sacrifice their careers and move. They have resentment. They're alone. I think your your instinct and your intuition is everything, right? So Mm -hmm. if you'd said to me very early on, either you dig your heels in and you go, no, I'm sticking in Sydney. I'm, I'm doing like that. That's all my focus is. What hurts more that or losing him? And honestly, it was losing the career, particularly early on. <sighs> and that's just true because you don't truth. know where a relationship's going to go. And, you know, I, I, I've experienced what happens in life when relationships don't work out, whether it be with family, whether it be my own personal ones. And I'm not the whole, oh, you know, You've got to look out for yourself and no one else because at the end of the day, all you have is yourself. I don't think that's true. I think you do find people who stick with you mm-hmm. for a lifetime rather than a season or a reason. Mm. But I think for me that the, the gut, the guttural reaction was, no, this is what I want. And only now is that starting to recede a little bit and I'm kind of going, oh, but maybe now is the time to actually take a step back from work and and yeah. go down the, the the path of family. So it's interesting how that changes, but I think intuition's everything, right, in relationships, whether or not we care to admit it to ourselves at the time. For those listening, it's not me crying and whimpering <laughs> at what Erin's <laughs> saying. Like, it's my child, for some reason, crying. Because you've heard it all before. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> you've heard my trauma before. A, let's, let's actually, for the listeners, maybe it is me crying. Who knows? Because some of them are watching and some of them are listening. They're thinking, like, Margarita's really touched by this. Like, Please don't leave Sydney. I cry. <laughs> Literally. I'm not. This is shocking and and appalling what you're going to do. But on the lighter note of long distance, how do you keep it spicy? How do you keep it alive? That's the other one. Like, how do you, how much DMing, how much messaging? What is the baseline of what you require? And can you stop crying? It's not that serious. Communication. Mm. It's all about communication. Yeah. I mean, like you could, it seems so basic, but mm. it's so true. Like communication is everything. And I think long distance is trust. And if yeah. you don't have trust, 
it's impossible. Do you get worried he's cheating over there? Like never. And that's the thing. I I have been in the past, as you well know. And I have been cheated on. And it's so funny. My husband goes away for work and people joke at me and they're like, he must have a girlfriend over there every weekend he's going. And I'm like, I wish he would. Do you know what I mean? Like take some of the pressure off me. You have to go out. And yeah. have some fun for that to happen. Like yeah, exactly. as his as he as he gets older and and being an athlete, your body doesn't kind of play ball as much as mm-hmm. it used to. Like the man is foam rolling for five six hours, and I just to get on the park. Like we have, we have no when time to go cheating? out and get like when, when is, is he, he with his foam roller out in the bar? Yeah, we, well, like literally, like with with what time? And but that's he's the sort of person that I don't operate under the guise that everything is 100% forever, even though it may be in this particular moment for him, people change, people mm-hmm. can change. But in Ben, in the version of himself that I know, it's just, it it just wouldn't happen. And I know that wholeheartedly, like he'd be more the sort of person that would come home one day and say, I just don't want to do this anymore mm-hmm. before he would cheat. Mm-hmm. That's just the kind of person that he is. And I wholeheartedly believe that. Like Your values align, you know, you trust him as a human being. have to freeze over if I ever found that out. And it's been, yeah, been a nine-year relationship now, which has been entirely other than COVID. And even then, like the guy was overseas playing for months on end that we have done long distance living in two separate cities. And there's never been a time where I've ever considered that he would do that, um, had any reason to believe that he would do that. Uh, there's been once or twice based on other people getting in my ear and, you know, they love that. They oh, love to do they? that. Well, people put their own trauma onto other people yeah. and they and they do that with love, I think, to try and give advice or to try and understand the situation that you're in because maybe it's not a situation that they've ever been in before. And had old Aaron from previous relationships, you know, kind of gone into into this the same way, like I I, I would agree with them. But now after nine years, I can say like I gut feeling, intuition, no reason to ever doubt him. Once or twice, I've done the very, very naughty, take a little look mm. at Lemo I was going to say, how um, do you control the psycho? I was going to say that because every woman's got the psycho. psycho. I mean, but, but that's just insecurity. <laughs> I genuinely like, fuck the whole, oh, she was crazy. No, no, what were you doing to her to make her feel insecure? Nine times out of 10. And if someone did come into a relationship with crazy, it's probably because of the damage from before. Like I remember when I started dating Ben, I was like, FYI, I'm never moving. He's like, I love you. I'm like, yeah, cool. I don't believe you. Like it really took me, I reckon, six months of I want to say love bombing because it it wasn't, but like he really was dropping the I love you after three weeks yeah. of me to actually believe that he wasn't going to leave. Do you know what I say on my pe- podcast yeah. is like the only thing you got to have is him be sure about you. Yeah. Like everything else, I mean, is compromisable. Mm. But women trying to convince a guy who's half ass, like use your whole ass. Yeah. Stop always half assing it. Ass always ladies, using your whole ass. Anything yeah. you take out of this, yeah. always use your, use your full ass. But he was sure. And even though you weren't, you were like, convince me. Yeah. Nine years later, still convincing. Marriage mm. later, still convincing. I like it. Keep it that way. And I think it's changed as time's progressed and my career's progressed and my financial position has progressed. But when we started, I couldn't afford to get on a plane mm. twice a week, as in like once up, once back, to go and see him when he was there. But he couldn't afford the time because of the training, the games, the sh- the, all of that. So it was always equal in that it was my time, but he would pay for the flights. Mm-hmm. So there was a, an equal exchange of, you know, my, money and time are both very precious things. And so it did feel equal. And I never felt like I was, uh, you know, in debt to him because he would always pay for my flights. No, like you, although this wouldn't 
happen if I didn't get on a plane and come and see you? I'd say time is more precious. You can't make more here. A hundred percent. hundred percent. You contributed more. And, and that's kind of always been our relationship, which I kind of regret now because mm. now I've lulled him into a sense of, well, I'm always the one, which is just women, right? We're the ones that are valuable. We make time. We do the movement. We we look at our schedule of, you know, back to back Monday to Friday and somehow find a window to, well, you procreate and me (laughs) get on a plane and go and see my husband. So I've kind of trained that into it. I'm trying to like train him out of it now to be like, well, no, like I don't have time to do that now. You can come down and see me. Like people came to our wedding who'd never met him. I remember. Mm. That is wild. Wild. I watched this video of you yesterday. I Googled your name on YouTube because oh I was like, who's interviewed her? I'm going to do it better. Can you stop crying, please? And um, I saw the SAS interview with you talking about how um, vulnerable you felt when some men broke into your house. Mm. I perpetually right now cannot sleep because I imagine people breaking into my house, not from your interview, by the way, but just be- from becoming a mom of a newborn and a toddler. Oh my gosh, it's very, very confronting. And I'm like, it must have made you feel so vulnerable. I was a little bit tearful watching that. That feeling of vulnerability you get as a woman is like a realization that despite you thinking, like you said, you're independent, you got this, you're like, wow. And becoming a parent has made me feel that way. I remember I was walking in some kind of mall and, you know, the local crazy was doing his local crazy thing. And for the first time, I don't even notice that kind of stuff, but I was like, right, so I've got to grab my child. I've got to put him on my shoulder. I've got to grab the baby. I've got to somehow like the realization of your vulnerability is so intense. And the realization of your physical vulnerability is so confronting. Yeah. Like I've always been like, I can do anything. I can survive on my own. I left home at 17. I don't need anyone to do anything for me, I will figure it out. But in that moment, when there are three guys trying to break into your house when you are completely unawares, what would you do in that situation? And it was really hard because I tried to explain to my husband at the Mm. time why it affected me so much because he would say, but they didn't get in. It's like, yeah, but what if they did, Ben? And you're asleep. Ben, what happens? Mm -hmm. And I'm asleep. And I've got no one. And 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 it's there's, you know, your mind goes to a million and one different places. And I always struggle to sleep on a massive night out. But after that, I didn't sleep for like three or four months, I reckon, properly at all. And I know because you'd be texting me at 2 a.m. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. And you had a child. Yeah, the so first I was time. awake. So you were awake, which is great. So it's fun. But you know, that that sense of vulnerability of your mortality as well. Like I, I'd never been confronted with that mm. before. And as someone who really prided themselves on being very independent, I don't need anyone. I don't need anyone around me. I'm fine. Dog was useless. Dog didn't even wake up. Thanks. Thanks, girlfriend. Uh, but you know, that, that really, that really kind of shook me to, to my core, I think. And, and more scarily, probably subconsciously. I didn't even deal with it consciously, probably until I did I did SAS and they actually sit you in there after you there. handing your ass to you for, you know, 12 hours a day of exercise. And so, you, so you're physically broken and, and the inroads that you make mentally when you are so physically exhausted are, yeah, really interesting. And talking about the body and its limitations, you were honest about your IVF journey. Yeah. What made you be honest about that? I'm someone who grew up in a family that didn't talk about anything. We Mm, shelved everything, shelved it under the rug, like no one wanted to ever talk about anything. And so I think I've had, sometimes we turn into our parents and other times I think we have a complete adverse reaction. And my response was to have a completely adverse reaction. So, you know, we, we see a lot of people 
superficially in what we do. There's a lot of events. There's a lot of uh, meeting new people all the time. There's there's also people that you see on a regular basis wherever you go. And I didn't want to rock up to to work one day and someone go, how are you? And I, I really struggle to lie, yeah. kind of look someone in the eye and be like, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. Or if I was a little bit off that day, I appreciated maybe someone realizing that there was potentially a reason why. So for me, it was kind of a good for me, but also B, I thought, you know, might give me a little bit of a little bit of leeway, a little bit of grace if people who do know me were like, oh, Erin's not her normal 100% mm. bubbly switched on self, you know, may, maybe this, maybe this is why. So it was, it was kind of threefold. It was for myself. It was potentially if anyone else out there needed to hear it. Cause I found myself always searching for content of people going through the similar thing, but in real time, there's plenty of success stories out there of the struggle post the fact, or maybe post the fact that you've decided it isn't for you, but people in real time going through it, there's a lot of people who are able to share that. And I get it, man. Like it's, it's a, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's to, amazing what you find mm-hmm. when you start to search. Like mm-hmm. when I went through pregnancy loss before my kids, one in four pregnancies don't work out and you're like, what? And you never hear about it. Yeah. And, and then the ones that even happened in the first place. Exactly. So. And how did you, the, the juxtaposition of always feeling like you've got to decide when to have kids. You're on contraception. You're always deciding when to have kids. You're trying to prevent, prevent, prevent. You've got a long distance relationship. Maybe not right now. And then you find out this information. Mm. How does that work with the not even being ready at the same time as knowing your body needs help? It's so tough. I mean... I actually found out I had fertility issues because of the show. So because of SAS, when I did that show, we did medical and physical and psychological examinations. So they wanted to know, obviously, we're of sound body and sound mind and able to cope with (laughs) the torture, torture. (laughs) being tear gas or thrown out of a helicopter. But when I was in there, everyone talks about the AMH test. Yes, it's not indicative, obviously, of quality, but it can let you know what your egg count is, which as an, an aging woman in her 30s plus is valuable information, an aging in woman, my she opinion. Said, an aging woman. Which Ouch. is, I hate that, but it's just, <laughs> it's it's inevitably true, which fucking sucks, I but know, it just yeah. is. So I did the AMH test and it actually came back at the very low end of normal mm-hmm. or the high end of poor, as yeah. Ben, my clucky husband, liked to he is the cluckiest. Down my yeah. So yeah. cluckiest. He is the cluckiest. Um, which ended up being a very wrong reading because I was on the pill at the time. It threw off my my reading massively, but mm-hmm. it was enough to make me go, okay, well, I'm not ready now at 32, but if there is a problem and I don't have a lot of eggs, maybe freezing embryos, whatever it is, is something that I need to consider. So at the end of that year, we went in to see a fertility specialist. Organized. What was your initial feeling when you got that news? I was devastated. Yeah. And it shocked me that I was devastated. So because basically you always ready for it, weren't no, you? No, no. But when when we got the results that I actually had the completely opposite issue of too many eggs but terrible quality and I had a condition called PCO and a myriad of other things, that really got me. And I remember I was in quarantine in this is COVID times, in quarantine in Abu Dhabi by myself in a hotel room for another five days at this point getting this phone call on the other side of the world. It was just, it was really tough. And that was my first indication that, oh, this is a like a trauma response to bad news. You do care about this. And I'm big on these, these um, I'm really big on gut intuition. Mm-hmm. So however I react 
immediately mm. and in the moment I feel like always tends to be actually where I sit on things. It's so big for women. Yeah, I think, to that. you know, the heart, the heart immediately knows how it feels. The brain tends to confuse things mm. for me personally because I'm very indecisive because I worry about what everyone else thinks and being a perfectionist. So gut reaction is big for me. And it was, yeah, it was really devastating. And that ended up being four rounds of IVF to create embryos to freeze the next year. So 2022 was full of egg collections and to varying degrees of success. I remember the first time and the reason why I ended up sharing is because I went through a $20,000 IVF cycle to end up with nothing. Mm. And that really got me. I was, that broke me. How did it make you feel? Oh, awful. Awful, awful, awful. And Is guilty. Self-judgment. Self-judgment, guilty. Um, you know, as someone who always struggles with not feeling enough, to then be told that literally like your body is kind of broken and not able to do, you know, quote unquote, the one thing that women can do. And it doesn't help your husband's so clucky. Huh? Oh, and he and you know, he's desperate to be a dad. Desperate to be a dad. So, you know, there was guilt on his part, but then dealing with the fact of but I knew I wasn't ready in that moment anyway. So at this at this point, I knew if it was something that I wanted in that moment, I would have obviously stopped everything and thrown everything into trying to have a kid. But even in that moment, I knew I wasn't ready yet. Isn't that interesting? So interesting. The way so you have to balance that as a woman to want mm. something so desperately but not yet and it's just... And I don't think you ever feel ready. <sighs> Never. If I'm not ready right now. <laughs> as she's literally on I you. I am not ready. <laughs> Help me. But, but you know, when the decision's taken out of your hands sometimes, as in, you know, if it happens, it happens, and then it happens, you That's rearrange right. accordingly. Yeah. And for someone like me, I think it's a real travesty that that won't happen because I think someone like me needs that, mm-hmm. needs it to just be like, oh, whoops, well, it's make it work. Because I always say you'll be a brilliant not even mum, but brilliant parent because you're responsible. Like, I know you'll be there if I need you, for example. You mm-hmm. are not. But yeah, someone just needs to, you know, somehow knock you out and start the IVF process. Oh, literally. <laughs> and drag and then, her there. And because of the way that it works for me is everything has to be created. So they have to create a cycle because I don't get one with my PCO. They have to create the lining. There's progesterone. There's It's like a six-week build-up to every transfer. So now I have to find the time and the schedule Six weeks where I'm in the country, which is like near damn impossible. Like mm-hmm. I'm overseas all the time. And obviously I'm going to have to take a step back and I've got a window in mind of when I will do that this year. And for the first time, I feel comfortable with that decision because it fit in with the big things that I wanted to still be able to do if I still want to do them. I mean, I don't know how I'll feel once if, you know, yeah. whatever's up there willing that it actually happens. But for the first time ever, I actually feel like, oh, no, I'm, I've made peace this is good this feels right it's time and that's yeah I know I never I didn't even know if I get to to that to be perfectly honest but I think yeah I think I think the the obstacles that we've had along the way even since that have that's happened um the way that I've responded to that the like you know kind of the raw emotion that's kind of what I base my decisions off now because I think Mentally, I just sort of get way too off my own head. and I was not sure when I wanted to have kids. And then, as you know, I had the twin pregnancy that didn't work out. And then the feeling of sadness from it, obviously you're going to get sad. You know, it's like a big hormonal shift as well. But I was like, for the first time, I was 29. I was like, oh, actually, it means something to me. I want to do this, you know. It happens so, so fast for Yeah, you for too. me, I was like not aware of what is going on. So in a way... I think I can imagine being you and having those nights where you're just sitting there and you're thinking, how do I decide 
relax. How do I decide? We're not putting you away. You're, you're going to stay. How do I decide when to do this? That's almost harder, you know, Yeah. than having it happen for you. Yeah. I think, and you know, you, you make a decision, I think, particularly if it's a planned mm. pregnancy, like, okay, well now we're going to give this a crack, but the meticulous nature of how this has to work is like even more frustrating for someone who is not sure how to make it work and it hasn't been the sole focus it's I kind of yeah I wish the decision would be taken out of my hands and I just go okay well like we have been for the last many many years Mm -hmm. if it happens it happens and it still hasn't which means it's gonna have to be I'm excited for you and you know apprehensive but what's the IVF process like for someone who's um hasn't done it yet I have not done it obviously I I, and I wonder because it looks tough Erin it, it's really tough. It's And what shocked me is how physically tough it was. I think I always knew it would be quite emotional, but how physically taxing it is. Obviously, I'm not a doctor. Whatever your condition is will probably change your situation with how it works. But for me, as someone who has an abundance of eggs, it means that I don't ovulate ever. My body's in a constant state of like hormone override. So for me, they had to put me on the pill, take me off the pill. So you've got you know, kind of four weeks there to bring on a bleed. And then you start the injections on the bleed. Where do you inject yourself? Uh, in your abdomen, so oh, below God. your belly button. Mm-hmm. And you move the injection site all around. Scary? Uh, no, not for me. I have no issue with needles, thank God, because mm. you'll be having hundreds of them when you do IVF. Lots of blood tests as well. Injections once or twice a day, depending on your situation, for around two weeks. Uh, lots of internal ultrasounds. Delightful. Fun. Joy. <laughs> And my, my my doctor's hilarious. He's always like, so sorry about this. I'm like, mate, yeah. we are like. It is what it is. You don't even have to ask anymore. We're like, <laughs> it's yeah. wild. Um, you know, the amount I've been poked and prodded, but, you know, and then you'll go in and have a collection. I always opt to have mine under general. I couldn't imagine doing it under local in a chair, but oh, some do people that? do. Yep. God. They drain your follicles and hopefully find little eggies. Mm-hmm. And then they, if you choose to go down making embryos, which is what we did, freezing an embryo is a lot stronger than freezing an egg. Then they'll whip them together in a lab and hopefully you get a Miss V. In about five yeah, or six shoot. days, you get a little a little blastocyst that they can either freeze or do a, a fresh transfer. Yeah, you were a blastocyst once day, my girl. She knows all these once things. Once upon a time. Once upon a time. Okay, gorgeous. This episode is brought to you by IQ Bar. And I want you to know one thing right now on my healing journey, on my self-bettering journey, on my glow up journey. And the way I do that is through kind of a paleo keto based diet. This is where IQ Bar comes in. They've got incredible products like the IQ Bar, the IQ Mix and IQ Joey. And it helps me fuel my body in the way that I want it to be fueled. It's quick. It's easy. I'm postpartum. I've got a two-month-old. I've got a three-year-old. I've got a business. The bars are quick, diet-friendly, brain-boosting. You can use them as a breakfast or on the go. They power up your life with superior brain and body nutrition. They're plant-based protein bars. They're perfect for low-carb, grab-on-the-go lifestyle. And the IQ Mix is zero sugar hydration drinks, which replenish your electrolytes. And if you're one of those girls, who knows, you know, it's all about the electrolytes and replenishing your hydration. I really like when it comes to that. And I'm changing that. The IQ Joey mushroom coffees are packed with magnesium. Magnesium is essential for great sleep and muscle recovery and lion mane adaptogens. So keep that in mind. They've got over 10,000 five-star reviews. 
this brand just gives back when it comes to fueling your body in the right way. Start right with IQ Bar's brain and body boosting bars, hydration mixes, and mushroom coffees. Their ultimate sampler pack includes all three. So you get seven IQ Bar flavors, four IQ Mix flavors, and four IQ Joey flavors. And today our listeners get an exclusive offer of 20% off plus free shipping. Just text Margarita, M-A-R-G-A-R-I-T-A to 64,000. That's 64,000. Refuel smarter with IQ Bar's ultimate sampler pack. That's seven IQ Bars, four IQ Sticks, and four IQ Joey Sticks. And now our special podcast listeners get 20% off of all IQ Bar products, plus get free shipping. To get your 20% off, just text Margarita to 64000. Get your discount. Text Margarita to 64000. That's Margarita. M-A-R-G-A-R-I-T-A to 64000. Message and data rates may apply. See terms for details. You are stunning. For everyone who's not watching, you are like elite stunning woman. But stop it. But I talk often about the fact that beauty is not always just like born beautiful and you are beautiful. You've not always felt beautiful, have you? God, no. No. I um yeah, I I grew up as a massive tomboy. I was really tall. I've been this height since I was like 12 years old. So then there was the yeah. Like five foot ten when I was twelve, and then I stopped, and everyone got taller. Thank God. Uh, but no, I I was a band geek. I played a lot of music. I was I matured very early as well. So I've kind of I always felt very big and gangly, and just I don't know, not disproportionate, not very feminine as well, which is something that I do enjoy feeling. Um, I always felt very out of place but I did feel like I found my community when I was in school because I was in I was a muso I didn't I didn't care that that wasn't the coolest thing to be growing up in in far north Queensland in mm-hmm. and for those who aren't from Australia we're talking like very regional very remote uh, you know two hours on a plane away from a major city great place to grow up think like great barrier reef and sun and palm trees and stuff but very remote and crocodiles Oh, yeah, in the backyard, mate. Kangaroos, oh. jellyfish, spiders, snakes, plenty of snakes, snakes in the backyard. Uh, no, I, no, I really didn't and and I still don't. I think uh, I've learned how to dress up for work. Do you I've, think it can be cultivated, beauty, for yeah, most I, people? I think the conventional version of beauty can be. I think true beauty is just literally a person Mm. And, and and within and, you know, we have all known someone who might be aesthetically very pleasing on the eye, but they're not a very nice person. And so you just cannot see the aesthetic beauty once you know, once you really know a person. But I think I think with uh, social media now and TikTok and the incredible array of products on the market, you can present in a way that you might feel looks better than how you wake up in the morning. But, you know, for me, it's it's kind of a... We're both performers, right? So we've mm-hmm. grown up on stage our entire life. I feel like I'm playing a character when I go to an exactly event. Exactly what I say in my I book. can do my hair. I can put my lipstick on. I can play the part of whatever it is I need to do, if it's a red carpet or whatever it is. But yeah, I think I'm still figuring out what beauty actually is I um, to me. say that in my book in a chapter. Wow, did I just announce in my book? This is the first time I ever talked ah! about it. There you go. Exclusive. Exclusive. But you know, I've known about it for ages, but I'm going to pretend to be surprised. Exactly. <laughs> well, hey, I um, just grew up being like this average, you know, not even chubby, but just like disproportionate teenager 
And when I did Miss Universe and You Are Miss World, and long time ago. a long time, doesn't matter. <laughs> no, it's still uh, factual and actual. I never thought, oh my God, I am gorgeous. Look never. at me. I still feel like I'm playing a role. You could equally present as quite homeless and, you know, as people say, the homeless look, you know, Mm -hmm. the bun on your head and everything. And you can equally be gorgeous. And I think every woman can be with a mount with, you know, if you put in effort. Yeah. And I think it just depends on what, you know, in what version we're talking about beauty, I suppose. Like, yeah, there's, there's the, the ideal of, of how you present physically, but I think, thank God, we're really coming back to the internal, like, because that's <laughs> far outweighs whatever's going on on the outside. I saw and- a TikTok of a girl doing her makeup and she had, by her own profession, a big nose, like smaller eyes, small lips, no injections. Da-da-da. And I thought, oh my God, these comments are going to be, you know, she looked like a Renaissance woman, honestly. To me, she looked like a Greek goddess. She mm. was actually, I watched it for so long because I was like, I've not seen a face like this for yeah. a long time. Everyone looks gorgeous. Insane. Yeah. Yeah. And then I looked at the comments and to my surprise and relief, oh. people were like, wow, this face is so interesting. I've not seen this for a long time. I'm like, is it over? Is the era I over? I pray to God. It's... Are we making saggy, like stuff fashionable as well? Are we making well? progress? Are we like making big bellies like a thing? No, I don't think that's ever going to happen. Is it? It's big bums, but not big bellies. Hey, Pregnant bellies. Yeah, We're I getting guess. them out now. Big fan of that. What are your products that you go back to? Three products. Ooh. I know the girlies want to know. Okay. Vitamin A with skincare is revolutionary. I use a gorgeous Aussie brand called MX Skincare, but vitamin A is like retinol can be really harsh, Mm. but for the desired effect of like resurfacing, particularly if you get a little bit older, this is probably for girls in their, you know, I reckon 30s onwards. I'm not. Suggesting anyone goes and does anything younger, you don't need to. Your skin is amazing. Just stay out of the sun. Vitamin A is great. Uh, I find that's really good for my skin, really sort of treats, resurfaces, good for fine lines and all those wonderful things, which um, when you spend your life on camera, you do sort of uh, are privy to. So I'm a big fan of vitamin A's product-wise. We're talking about makeup or? Just any products, three products that you just like, if I had to, you know, Mm -hmm. take them away, you would feel some type of way. Oh. Okay, you know. okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Yep. I'm a big hair person. Mm. I feel like if my hair's good, I've got my shreds together. So anything DHD really, mm-hmm. whether okay. it's my hair dryer, my travel hair dryer particularly, I take them with me all over the world now because, yeah, I think hair's such a big thing. You know, here I am with my hair extensions and all these sorts of things. I do feel more put together when the what hair is sorted. These are great lengths. Little. I'm going to show that. <gasps> For those playing along at home. Oh, oh. They, they are. I'm actually a natural blonde. She is so blonde. I'm so blonde. This is all fake. Oh my gosh. As I talk about playing a character. Yeah. yeah, I work in Asia a lot now and I I dyed my hair dark for more relatable. I I guess so. Hmm. Uh, Well, yeah, that's sort of been been the feedback. When I was really blonde, it was that it was cool, but this is yeah, this is like when you're like Daenerys, it's it's nice, but you know, and I was that blonde. Yeah, it's stark and it's like not achievable for a lot of people. So, so GHD, Mm -hmm. vitamin A from MX. Yeah, it's amazing. It's really, really good. And as I get a little bit older and with how my skin's reacted with a lot of the IVF hormones, Mm -hmm. and hopefully Mm -hmm. that's me knocking on wood, pregnancy hormones and things in the future, Um, something natural that doesn't have the parabens or the SLS, the palm oils, Mm. nothing nasty is really important Mm because my skin's getting more sensitive as I get older, which is crazy. But no vitamin A when you're pregnant. No, which is 
very sad. It's going to be a disaster. But um, you can use the other ones yeah, in the range, which exactly. is good. Highly, yeah, highly recommend. There's a beautiful facial oil as well, which is really good when I love you an oil. travel all love the time. Yeah. Now. And so, hydrolite because and I. Because I live on a plane. That's true. I had 133 flights last year and I feel like a prune. You what? 133. I counted them. 133. I've had 17 this year already and this is like the 3rd of February or something like that. So I am feel like my insides are a bit cooked at the moment. So a cheeky little hydrolite. I just get the little tubes and fang one in a water bottle and just sort are of try. Sugar? No. Nope. But you love sugar, don't you? I do love sugar. They taste sugary. Oh my gosh, she loves sugar. She loves red frogs. Are we allowed to say that? Yeah. Or are you yeah. supposed to be a health queen? No, God no. She That's just reality. Sugar. I yeah. think I have some in my handbag oh, at the moment. Yeah. So rituals. Mm. What's your rituals to maintain your body? Because I cannot even. She's sitting down, but the body is bodying. Go on her Instagram, Erin Holland. Stop it. Um, the one thing that I've had to let go of mm. when you have such a hectic job with travel is you actually don't have any routine. And you just have to be okay with that. So one one thing for me is whilst I don't have any regularity to my life in terms of routine, where I live, where I sleep at night, mm-hmm. what I'm eating, it's it's very hard to stay on top of. It's just a mantra of just trying to make good decisions as often as I can. So, you know, I trained before I came here because I could today. I, I trained that. yesterday. I'll train every day I can this week. There'll be weeks where I can't train at all maybe once or twice. There'll be weeks that I do every single day, like this week's looking like I'll be able to do that. It's all schedule dependent, but not to beat myself up about the fact that, you know, life just doesn't allow for it in this particular day. And there used to be a version of myself which would go, right, well, I'll get up at 4am to get it done. It's like, well, no, actually sleep is important mm-hmm. and and sleep. My whoop thinks so. Oh, well, you're welcome for yeah. getting on the boot bandwagon, <laughs> which is so confronting when you wake up and you think that you've had eight hours sleep because you went to bed with eight hours until and you had to get up. I know how much sleep you've had because my You can up. see. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's actually like, you slept for six hours. I'm like, what did I do, do for you know the other two? you know what the downfall of this whoop is? My husband wears one, gets in bed for like 10 hours because, you know, he's not looking after the baby. Must be nice. And it says, slept for four hours. He's like, see, this is why I'm tired. Meanwhile... Me over here, I get in the bed for five hours. It's like five hours sleep. Because you died. You literally, literally. just. <laughs> and it's like, you've had more sleep than me. I'm like, listen, 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 do you want to die? Or Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my God. We need to get him um, just a day in the life, I think, just to really life. appreciate everything yeah. that you do. But yeah, I think I think rituals wise, it's, it's, I move my body every day, whether it's even just a walk. If I can't get to the gym, I found that's been so important for my mental health and, and for everything when you're, I think when you're, Moving around, you you feel like endorphins, getting outside in the elements, uh, spending time outdoors, as the whoop always asks. Um, you know, and with food, it's making the good decisions whenever you can. But I'm not going to deprive myself just because the only thing available in the morning is a muffin rather than you know a nice sit down healthy ish breakfast. It's it's just trying to be more kind to myself as I What's get older. What's your eat in a day? People love an eat in a day. Oh, it's it's. I, c- I couldn't even tell you because it's just so varied depending Try, on. So la- well, last week I had six flights. I was exactly. in five cities. Let's be real. Five Let's be city- real. Five different cities and I had six flights. Mm-hmm. So you don't get any sort of normality except knowing what the lounge has to offer mm-hmm. <laughs> for breakfast that morning. So it's, you know, I, I'm not a breakfast eater. I never have been. I've always done the you intermittent fasting. You love oatmeal cookie. I know that. 
like an yep, oatmeal as kind a good of situation. Snack. Yeah. Yep. Or I've got muesli bars and protein That's bars. That's the one. Yeah. Try and keep snacks on me at all times. I spend a lot of time in the car when I am in Sydney as well because I've got a million and one appointments or things on. It's yeah, it's 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 trying to make good decisions whenever I can, but not beating myself up when it doesn't kind of work out the way I wanted it to that week because it's you know health is holistic, right? And it's not just what you did that day, it's what you did that month, it's what you did that week. And mm-hmm. so I think that's taking a lot the of pressure body you off. you have now is the habits you had a month ago. Yeah, 100%. You know, that's a reframe. It's not like I ate well today, what is happening tomorrow? Yeah. And I'm sorry, this is the result of what you did before. So it's if really you were talking sp- to yeah. girls, what would you say? Like, how do you reframe your mind from, say, say the girl we're talking to is not in her best shape. She's not, you know, where she wants to be. Mm-hmm. Don't worry, Valentina, fine. Um, what would you say? I think it's easy to get overwhelmed and feel like something's too far gone. Like, oh, I didn't mm. train at all this week. It's Friday. So I'll just start next week. Well, if you want to and you have the time, get up and go on Saturday and Sunday. And everything you do differently has a reaction, right? We know that the more you move your body, the better it is for your fitness. The more you nourish your body with good foods, the better you'll feel. And just because you, you know, had a blowout that week, it doesn't mean that you can't just get up tomorrow and make a difference. You don't have to, you don't have to write off the rest, you know, the rest of the week. I think it's just, you know, we're all human. We all make decisions in the moment. And, you know, even if you had a quote unquote, I don't like using this terminology, but, you know, a bad week as in like, I really didn't go to the gym. Yeah. I didn't go to the gym. I ate really badly or whatever it is. Tomorrow's a new day. You don't have to wait for a you know, new year for a new resolution or a new month or whatever, like just no time like the present. So I think, yeah, I think that's been how I've sort of, I've dealt with it. I find you very inspiring with that. And um, just for my own personal self, I'm really excited to watch you do the postpartum experience Mm -hmm. because suddenly you wake up from having your normal body Suddenly you gain a lot of weight that no one talks about because, you know, you're supposed to be like, I'm a pregnant goddess. Which I know that I will struggle with because- I've been so so conscious and regulated and living in in image-based industry for 17 years. Mm-hmm. It will be a struggle to reframe my mind. Maybe I'll love it. Maybe I'll like, boom, baby. You will love the pregnancy experience because you are kind of round and taut and everyone thinks you're adorable. And then the baby <laughs> comes out and then you're just left a bit wobbly and fat, which is fine to be wobbly and fat. Yes, celebrate. The body did that. Da, da, da. But at the same time, it's a confrontation because it all happens in nine months. It's not like you gradually got older and fatter like as life went on and, you know, that's just what happens as we age. It's like very fast and suddenly nothing fits. So I'm excited to see you go through that. Not because I hate you, but because I I, I want to see you turn it around. Pressure on the expectation of women is just so ridiculous. I mean, like I I look at you and our our other friends who, yeah, you, 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 who have procreated Mm -hmm. several times now, some of you. It's, you've literally created human life. There is a heart lungs, a spine, a little brain, little ears, like sitting in your arms. It's just incredible. And the fact that that's even a a thought post doing all of that, oh, I need to bounce back. Like, fuck that. I just... Yeah, it blows my mind, and I think on the internet you'll find equal parts still that aspirational. Oh, but look at what I did! Like, there's that some chick that did a pageant seventeen days after giving birth. That that one that trans the farm the farm chick. What's her name? Oh my gosh! You know the one that I mean. Yes. You know, and I just look at that and go, oh my god! Imagine if I was just struggling to get out of bed. Which, if you had a C-section, you literally would be seventeen days. And 
I don't know, is that inspirational or is that hurting me? Probably knowing myself, it would hurt me to, yeah. to see that and not be at, at that position. But um, How about this heartbreaking TikTok before body, really fit, like nice looking girl. And then afterwards, saggy belly, you know, everything, you know, um, stretch marks. And she goes, I don't mind. I've made human life. She's happy. She's dancing, same bikini. Cool. Comments. If I was you, I wish I'd never had children. <laughs> not worth it. Um, and I'm like, contrary to like the nose and face thing, body, we're still not progressing on. Yeah. You're all right. Calm down. Yeah. Sounds like a, grump, a grumpy old man. Whereas, in, you know, what, what she's, the message that she's posting and what she's saying is so fucking awesome and yeah. important. And just and hear that. Yeah, and, and I think it gets you down sometimes. We can live in our own little corner of the internet too mm-hmm. where there are like-minded people who share like-minded values and, you know, you feel really supported and then you just realise that there's that whole other portion of the internet that still living in the Stone Ages who haven't, you know, sort of um, broken out of that yet. And, and it's, yeah, it's a, bit, it's a bit depressing, isn't it, sometimes mm-hmm. when, when you see that and I just think like, oh, I hope it doesn't stop her putting more of that out there into the universe. So that's all I hope is that. It's beautiful. People can silence yeah. that that sort of negative feedback and and find a way to keep doing that because like that, that I know that's what I'd want to see mm-hmm. if I and was in that position. I think I'm excited to see you do it. I'm excited to see you live life. I know that sounds really strange because you're my friend, but also I find you really inspiring. I think the way you f- balance being a woman and the way you're so strong in your career and your marriage, and I want to see you do children just for my own like viewing pleasure. I want to see it like a movie. Um, it's really, really exciting for me. So it's really cool. But I did want to ask you one last question. I read online that you're not supposed to ask this question in front of other people. Mm-hmm. So it's if, obviously you're going to ask. <laughs> yeah, so I'm obviously going to ask. And I will cut it if you don't want to answer it. Okay. Yeah. So I'm supposed to ask you by ourselves in like some cave, I don't know, or I'm supposed to gift you something or like I'm supposed to give you a card while I'm asking. But I find you so inspiring. Would you like to be her godmother? Are you serious? Oh, babe, you're going to make me cry. Of course I would. Hi, darling. Cuddle. Give me a baby. Are you serious? Oh. Hi, baby. Make me cry. Make me cry. Oh, stop. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, don't answer now. Oh, I don't cry. I'm really tough. I'm just hormonal. Thank you. I was that. Would you really? You're stuck with me forever. Yeah. <laughs> She's really happy about it. Oh, sweetheart. <laughs> She's not there. Thank you so much. I'll give you back to your mum so you don't cry. Are you sure? Yeah. I ordered you. She loves me so much. She loves you. Don't worry. Easy. She's really happy about it. Look at the joy. I'm only crying because I'm hormonal. Don't worry. I don't care. I don't like care. I'm joking. No, but you are so inspiring. So I think you're the perfect godmom for a girl. So don't answer yet. Answer me later. Yes. On record. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. Oh. That's all. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.